Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast. Making this up as we go edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC and I have done no preparation for today's show despite having months to prepare. And I am joined by Trent Crim's understudy. Hey everybody, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? Pretty good. I liked that. That was good. Yeah, I thought I'd switch it up. New season, new intro. Well, a new intro for you. New way to introduce our us. Introduce our us. Introduce our us. You have a firm grasp of the English language. <laughs> Says the writer. <laughs> yeah, so oh. hockey is on in like a week. Jeez. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be like a few days, won't it? Yeah, but we can round. I don't, uh, rounding never hurt anybody. Depends on how you round. And what you round, I suppose. Yeah. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Not rounding. Not, we talk about numbers, but not not I mean, like that. Do. I try. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my plan was uh, we just give like each division like 10 minutes and we offer some predictions or we just... I don't know. BS about different teams. We make fun of the Oilers or something. Yes. Make fun of the Oilers. Do you want to start in the Pacific Division for that reason? No, that was just an example. We can uh, we can do what every podcast does and like start somewhere in the East. Start somewhere in the East. Starting. Yep. Let's start defending champions. Tampa Bay Lightning. Go. Okay, so I guess that means we're talking about the Atlantic Division. Um, yes. The problem that the Eastern Conference faces is that I feel like there are like 12 teams with a legit shot at the playoffs this year. Yes. If not more. And I was trying to pick eight and it just felt impossible. Yeah. And I think that's particularly going to hurt these Atlantic Division. Well, it could also really hurt the Metro, I guess, too, for the same reasons. But I do feel like the Metro is going to come out with more playoff teams in the Atlantic division. I think yeah. the, the Atlantic division, you're going to have to finish in that top three or top Actually, four. Um, I, I could see them splitting four and four, but I think the thing that makes it a little less interesting in the Atlantic is that there are at least two like clear cut, like bad teams this year. There are probably three, probably three. Sabres, um, Red Wings, Senators. Yeah, and then there's whatever is happening with the Canadians this year. I don't want to like lump them in with the others, but yeah, um, you know, it seems to be the wild card there. If the Canadians are good, and I guess if they went to the Stanley Cup final last year, they should be at least good. Um, My problem is, I feel like the top four are Tampa, Toronto, Florida, and Boston, and the mm-hmm. bottom three are. Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo. The difference between those, the, the top four and that like bottom three, I feel is pretty big. And I just, I don't know where yes. Montreal fits into that. Well, my big question mark was going to be, where does Florida fit in with that? Are they for real? I'm going to lean yes with Florida. Plus they've mm-hmm. got Joe Thorne now, so I kind of can't hate them. Does Florida crack into that top three? I think so. I think the, so when I was kind of trying to figure out some like loose predictions, I was thinking Tampa one, Toronto two, Florida mm-hmm. three, and Boston four. Mostly because I think in today's NHL, if you go into a season with Charlie Coyle as your second line center, I think you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a bad time. Okay. What if I go Tampa two, floor, or Tampa one, excuse me. I've got football in the mind. Uh, Tampa one, Florida two, Boston three, Montreal or Toronto four. It'll be interesting to see what Toronto does. Um, I mean, I know they're like they're definitely- the models love Toronto. I have found out. Well, that's the problem. Is the models love like all of like that top four, and with good reason because. Those are the four best teams in that division. Like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. 
Um, but like, if you're just looking at their rosters, like those four are the best teams. Like it's, you're not going to bet against the defending Stanley cup champions. You're not going to yeah. bet against, you know, a team like Boston that has been a really good regular season team for the last like five years or whatever. And, you know, Florida looked pretty darn good last year and they just happened to run into the, the lightning in the playoffs in the first yeah, round in the first round, you know, so, and, and uh, they, they put up a pretty good fight against the lightning too. They scored a lot of goals, which a lot of playoff teams didn't. And they like, if they don't get the lightning in the first round, I think there's a lot of teams that made the playoffs that the Panthers beat. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. Uh, and if anything, the, I think the Panthers are, are better than they were last year. So, and, and what, what, like, if, if we get Bob Brofsky from Columbus, but in Florida, man, that team, it looks dangerous, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess that's the, uh, sort of the, what if with the Panthers is that you're like, well, the Panthers were good last year and their goaltending was horrendous. Um, they did lose Chris Dreiger. Yeah. But Drieger, I don't know. And you know, maybe there's they're leaning maybe a little too much on Spencer Knight taking that leap, but he looked good in the playoffs. So, young goalies on small sample sizes, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, <coughs> Carter Hart. Um, yeah, that's fair. We can probably talk about that when we get to the Atlantic or the Metro Division. Plus, they Flyers have always been the Atlantic Division. My heart. Plus, they have. Um, the the god himself carter verhage so <laughs> just god we didn't even have like we didn't even account for carter verhage last year and he just went off that's what so drives we me have nuts. to is that like i guess he was sort of like jonathan march so 2.0 and that he was just a dude on the lightning and then he went elsewhere and he just blew up not only did he go elsewhere he went to the panthers just like jonathan march so and blew up <laughs> And it's just like, how, how does that happen? Like, how does Tampa, like, it's so funny to me that Tampa teams really good with player evaluation. Like that just sort of happens. Yeah. It's like, you know, player evaluation is is dumb and bullshit. So hard. Yeah. Oh, and we're talking about the Panthers. We're not even addressing the big thing. Barkov just signed an extension. Yeah. That's really big for them. A huge extension. What was it eight by ten? Uh, the other way around, ten million for eight years. That's that's a lot. Yeah, but you get Barkov. <laughs> you get Barkov. Also, if you're being paid ten million dollars a year, you're no longer underrated. You are <laughs> more than properly rated at that point. You're being paid ten million dollars a year. Says you are properly rated. Your paycheck says you're one of the best players. Maybe in the even a little bit overrated. I I don't I don't want to hear it. I I swear if somebody brings up how <laughs> underrated Alexander Barkov is, I'm like oh at that point I'll be like well his his salary will be in the double digits when it comes to millions right, and he has hardware already. I yes. don't I don't know what else you have to do to become un underrated, but I. I swear if there's another player survey and they say that Alexander Barkov is the most underrated player, I'm going to scream. That's didn't, my bit. Didn't they just um, announce Barkov for the Russian Olympic team as well? No. No, it was uh, Ovechkin and Vasilevsky and Kutrov. I'm sorry, what? They, they just didn't... Like, the... The Russian Olympic hockey team announced three player their first three players, and I for some reason I thought Barkov was on that list, but it's Vasilevsky, uh, Ovechkin, and Kucherov. Well, it's a good thing he's not on there because he's Finnish. So, Barkov, yes, that was the whole thing when he came out of the draft was that he has this like Russian sounding last name, but he's Finnish. Well, <laughs> are you okay? 
He's only 26. I feel like he's been in the league for forever. Well, he's, I mean, he got pitched second overall in 2013. So I know you want me to tell you. He was only born one year earlier than me. How does that, how does that make you feel? How was he drafted in 2013 is what I'm asking. He was old uh, I guess I'm, the math doesn't work in my head. It just doesn't. He would have been 17 at the time he was picked, but yeah, but his birthday he, falls in there. September is okay. All right. Fair enough. We spent a lot of time on the Panthers and I don't mind that. If they're making waves, that's good for the sport. I think. Um, uh, as yeah. long as it also comes with uh, the rest of the Miami TV market, which I'm not sure it will, but Honestly, this division is probably going to come down to who drops as few points as possible to Buffalo and Detroit. Like, that's your, that's kind of your margin. At what point, at what point do, do we like start to see results from Detroit, though? Like, they're not, I'm not saying they're going to win a ton, but they got a few pieces, right? Like, Buffalo doesn't have anything. Yeah, Detroit has a few pieces that they might be like, oh, we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel for this rebuild, this Iserman rebuild. So, do I we mean, see any of that this year, do you think? Maybe a little bit, but the problem is just that they had such a hole to climb out of, especially with the cap. Like most of their bad contracts are gone by this point. I think a lot of it will depend on how, you know, guys like Moritz Sider play this year. All right, that's been ten minutes. Anything else oh, okay. to talk about? <laughs> it's it's hard <laughs> to like do an entire division in ten minutes. Well, I said we're going to spend ten minutes, and if I don't keep a timer, we'll talk for fifteen, mm-hmm. and then be like, "Oh, hey, was it ten minutes?" I mean, I, I guess like the Habs are sort of the X okay, factor we here. We can move on, but to yeah, I mean, they did go to the Stanley Cup final. I feel like we should talk about them a little bit. But yeah, we've got we've got the defending champions in this division and the runner up. Yeah. Which is weird. Because COVID. Yeah. <laughs> weird. My favorite part was the oh, we're not gonna do um, conference final trophies, and then they did conference final trophies. <laughs> I forgot that they said they weren't gonna do conference final trophies. Yeah. Just weird stuff, oh, man. Is it any do you think it's a was this planned? What did, was this planned that the uh, the banner raising for the lightning is against the penguins? Why would that be planned? Like that can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, what they lost to the penguins. I mean, the... there's no direct reason for it, but what? I said, wait, they, I mean, like they lost to the penguins in the conference finals in 2016, but that's it. Yeah, I, I can't think of a specific reason, but it just feels. You know, like one, like one team, uh, one team that has just earned the dynasty uh, brand going up against the last team to go back to back. I mean, I guess. But yeah, anything else? Um, Maple Leafs. Like I said, I have them in the top three. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I probably put them fourth. All right. Um, your favorite division, the um, Metro, which is just a pile oh, up the of, division I love to hate. Just a pile up of decent teams. <laughs> it's like I can't pick uh, this... a team to win this division, but like I can't also like pick a team to miss the playoffs other than Columbus. Like this is New the, Jersey. This is the RNG division to me. Like, um, I can I just say my least favorite acquisition for the offseason was Dougie Hamilton going to the Devils. I hate that so much because like the Devils aren't good. They're not. They're not gonna be good. And then you put an exciting player on a team that's not good and a team that I will hate endlessly. What the <sighs> Come on, man. I want to root for you. 
Is this? I don't know. Is this the year that we finally say that the Devils are good? No. Well, they have an actual defense this year with Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton. And, you know, they've also have Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshear down the middle. Um, So, uh, and then, you know, you've got a couple of guys who can maybe take a step. No, the Devils are not good. (laughs) I I think they'll be better than you think. Maybe they're still playing P.K. Subban. Yeah, my problem would be their goaltending, especially if Mackenzie's Black or Mackenzie Blackwood's COVID situation continues to be a just a yeah. That's who, who knows. What I was gonna say, but athletes and COVID man. So, but the, vaccines. Yeah, but anyway, the I don't think you can count out the Devils. I think you know, the other team that I would lump in the, I don't think they'll make it, but I can see it happen is the Rangers. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to say the Flyers. No, there's definitely a, a path back to relevancy for the Flyers. Well, okay. But you want to talk about the Rangers, talk about the Rangers. We can talk about the Flyers in a little bit. I mean, like the Rangers, like you got to love their offense. I mean, you got to love, you know, some of that young talent that they have. I hated their off season. Their off season was garbage. <laughs> but, oh, because you don't like Ryan Reeves. I don't like Ryan Reeves. They got rid of Pavel Buchnevich for nothing. No yeah, good that's reason. Probably not good. They just went, oh well, he's too skilled, so we gotta get a sandpaper guy. It's like, no, no, you don't. No, yeah, no, you don't. And that's probably the one thing is, yeah, this team looks like they're up on the rise, but they just got rid of one of the best players. Yeah, but and then they. Signed Barkley Goodrow for too much money for too long. <laughs> this was the Barkley I... Goodrow overpay we've been waiting for. Oh, I knew Overtime it was going to happen. Legend and paper guy. Listen, Look, I love Barkley Goodrow. You love Barkley Goodrow. I love Barkley Goodrow. Um, he got you a, a first round draft pick. But we're talking about a guy who has scored 32 goals in his career. He's been in the league yes. since 2015. Granted, after that, he played 17 games in two seasons for the Sharks. But even then, fine. He's been in the league full-time since 2017-18. He has 32 goals. Yeah. Like, That's th- decent. It's not bad. No, it's not decent. <laughs> He's got 32 goals in 331 Wait. games. There are a lot of players that don't even make it to the NHL. I would say 32 goals is decent. Oh, I would love to be. I would love to be Barkley Goodrow. Like, that's a great career in the grand scheme of things. But like to be paid. Three point six million for through 2027. And you scored 32 goals in your career. Like, that's not great. Yeah, you're probably going to need what at least ten goals to for that kind of money. I, it's just uh, it's probably not a great metric for a player like Barkley Goodrow to be judging his worth based on purely goals and goal scoring numbers. Yeah, I'm just saying that like Barkley Goodrow is a guy you can find in a lot of different places, and yeah, that's fair. They paid way too much money for him for too long, but you know, the thing with the Rangers for me is. Can or I guess the two things is can Lafreniere take a big step this year? Yep. Can, I'm sorry, can Lafreniere and Capo Caco take a big step this year? Yep. And can they find some solid defensive play from anyone other than Adam Fox? Adam Fox. That those are those are the two big things for me. Oh, that's the most. He, didn't he win the Norris? I believe so. God, that was the most annoying thing when he was nominated for the Norris and then eventually won. I believe he won it because we've got a friend who's a Rangers fan and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Vinny, if you're listening, I love you, bud. But yeah, like I think the Islanders are probably the favorites in this division, given their voodoo magic with goalies Ugh. and the fact that they have actual depth this year. I hate, I hate it too. That you say that, but I also can't really argue with you. Like the Penguins are old and beat up. The Malkin Cap- is out for the first, what? two or three months and get yeah. Gensel's hurt and Sid's hurt. 
Sid's hurt as well. Yeah, he had wrist surgery. Who are they playing? Exactly. Who is um, on this? Who is actually playing healthy for this team? And then uh, he's not even on the Penguins. Don't think so. Christopher Latang. Yeah, pretty much until five games in, he inevitably gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like the Capitals Good are like Tristan Jari. And the Hurricanes, God knows what their that offseason was for the Hurricanes. You let your best defenseman go for nothing. <sighs> you inexplicably sign a, an offer sheet for Cock and Miami just to be petty. And it's funny though. It, that this, this is, team is now just memes. That beef the Hurricanes has are just to the memes. point where the Habs snitched on the Hurricanes to the NHL for them not playing enough preseason games. That happened. <laughs> you're supposed to play like x number of preseason games Why and the hurricanes haven't played enough i don't know who cares mark bergevin why do you care i i don't know why do you care yeah and also who's snitching on you for not playing enough preseason games like <laughs> hey know, you you're not doing I, enough to get ready for the season okay i, I suddenly <laughs> I suddenly want Carolina and Montreal to play a playoff series. Yeah, it's yeah. Just give me seven games of this bullshit. Yeah, and then that's not even talking about the oh. Hurricanes getting rid of Najelkovich for some reason. Yeah, I think the Hurricanes will be fine, but I don't think they'll be as good as they've been in previous years. And yeah, that's they still that's got the division. Rod, as long as they've got Rod, they're good. Like that's the division. Like the, I was trying to like draw it up, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll go like New York or the Islanders, um, Washington, because they always bullshit their way into the postseason. Uh, the Penguins, and because they always bullshit their way into the postseason." And I was like, "I don't know, like the Devils, like I don't know, Carolina, Philly, yeah, like Philly could be a good rebound candidate this year." It hurts. You said New Jersey before you said the Flyers. I don't know, man. It hurts. I just like Dougie Hamilton. Okay, don't. But you me. know what? I'll take it. I don't want to be the favorite. As a Flyers fan, I do not want to be the favorite. Do not put that voodoo magic on me. But I will argue that we will be back anyway, just based on Carter Hart. If Carter Hart rebounds and gives us league average goaltending, we will make the playoffs. Book it. Yeah, and if he falters, uh, you can just turn to Martin. Jo- oh. <laughs> I could not think of a worse. No, that's why we like went and idea. Got, we got Ryan Ellis. We have a defense now. Ryan Ellis, Ivan Profroff, and Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm consciously optimistic about this team. Hopefully, will things will click once Kevin Hayes returns from its surgery. They don't look great right now in the playoffs. Oscar Lindblom looks like pre-cancer Oscar Lindblom from what I've seen. And if that's the case, that's not just exciting because cancer reasons. That's exciting for the Flyers because now they've got another depth weapon. Uh, The other thing, the other question mark for the Flyers is can Travis Konechny return to form? Like, I don't need necessarily all-star Travis Konechny. But first line, Travis Konechny would be excellent. And by first line, I don't just mean being on the first line with Sean Couturier and Claude Drew. I mean, earned a spot on the first line scoring, you know, 30 goals this season, Travis Konechny. Yeah, I mean, again, that like, happens. My big thing business. My big thing for them is the goaltending. If this, t- sorry. Yeah, well, yes. If they get goaltending, maybe be fine. Uh, Samuel Urson will make some noise in the AHL, and we can call him up or something. I always get was it Samuel Urson? Yeah. Oh, please, Carter. Um, my one last big thing on the Flyers: we have to make the playoffs. Have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to make the playoffs. Like, if we don't make the playoffs, I. Scrap it and start over. 
that's that's it like there are different i've seen different models they all hate the flyers by hate i i don't mean that they are biased against the flyers although it seems like it i mean the the things that those models value just are not there for this team and i think a lot of it is because of the goaltending last year and they always have the for the big models have the flyers in like seventh or eighth in the division that just cannot happen we cannot we have to make the playoffs this year and i really like that ryan ellis deal for you guys i thought it was really good borderline like robbery to be honest you said you did like yes yeah. liked yeah okay I think I think like anybody Good. would be like, and, hey, yeah. Well, yeah, it was it was super exciting. It was just I I didn't like some of the deals that kind of surrounded it. What do you mean? Like we had to pay to get rid of Shane Gosses Bear, really? Oh yeah, that was like, yeah. We had to pay. There are teams willing to pay for Duncan Keith. Well, not everybody's the Oilers, okay. And then we went out and made sure that we had we just had to have Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, that was bad. That one was also bad. <sighs> maybe it'll work. I don't think it will, but maybe it'll work. Their off season was just kind of a lot. It was. You're telling me. I, mm, yeah, I know. I know you lived it, but it's just like, hey, acquiring Keith Yandel and. Uh, Ryan Ellis and I don't know Derek Broussard and Cam Atkinson. Like those are Cam Atkinson. good. Um, yes, losing your first round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen and signing Martin Jones as a fallback plan for Carter Hart. Yeah, well, and bringing in Nate Thompson. Not good. I don't really. I'm not compared to everything else. I the Nate Thompson thing is just whatever, but. Really, you're, you know, you have to play this backup like 30 games this year, 35 games, maybe. Does it, do you have to get the goalie who's like historically bad? I don't know if Martin Jones is historically bad, but he's definitely not good. He's not. <laughs> I just, oh, uh, I like, I know, I know, I know we couldn't play Brian Elliott 30 games or else. You know, he his the bolts fall out of his knee. But Martin Jones cannot be the guy to fill that hole. He just can't. Yeah. So, all right, let's move I've on. Seen, <laughs> I've seen like three different tweets so far this preseason of, man, Martin Jones really had time to get side up there and he just missed it. I feel like a lot of my job this year is just going to be like your venting place for Martin Jones. Because you had to like put up with, with it from me for like, the last <laughs> like three years, and so now it's like my turn. Um, I can help you along the process. The good news is is that you didn't give him some massive extension, so you're like already doing a little better than we did. Okay. Um. Before we move on, I never actually gave my predictions. Oh God, this pain pains me, but I think I'm going to go with. You know what? Yeah, we're going to have to go with the Islanders 1, Capitals 2, Flyers 3, Hurricanes 4. Are you going to leave off the Penguins? We just talked about how they have nobody. They're playing They're playing Sidney Crosby's pet rocks without Sidney Crosby. That's not going to work. Yeah, but we say this about the Penguins every year. And they always say, find no, We say this about the way. Islanders every year. We say the Islanders aren't going to work, and then they work. Dude, this kind of bullshit was that uh, Ryan Pollock deal. How did they manage that? Hey, listen, was it, uh, was, or was it Pollock? Uh, I get them confused. I, I forget the Vomit Twins. I get them confused. Yeah, no, the Penguins just always find. It. Yeah, the, the, it's the legendary tweet, Connor. The the Penguins always have like eight injuries and twelve calls I've never heard of. The call is like oh, Malkin right. gains the zone with Winger's Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit, and you look and they both have 47 <laughs> points. It's one of my favorite tweets of all time. Can we give can we give them some credit? Yeah, that's Who um, tweeted it. 
acting the Fulhaman at at Fulhaman on on Twitter. That was <laughs> it's it's just an all timer. What sells it is the Mark Donk, and I don't Buzz it? flip it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real person. I know Mark Donk is a real person. I don't think Mark Donk is a real person. Mark Donk is a real person. I guarantee. No, there's no there's no person named Mark Donk. Maybe there's a person named Mark Donk, but he's not a hockey player. There's a maybe you're thinking of the dude uh, Radic Bonk who played for the Senators. <laughs> I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. All right, fair enough. Welcome to the Central Division, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, and they'll go right back down to the back to the basement. Can we relegate the Coyotes? Honestly, like relegate the Coyotes, the Sabers. I could at least mm. appreciate like the Coyotes, like act, like like they're actually trying to tank, and, and I get it. Like I commend them for it. Like they did a really good job of it in the off season. Just be like, yeah, we're just going to use all of our cap space, and you guys can just give us people, and you know, we'll we'll take on your bad contracts. You give us picks. Like this upcoming year, like a deep draft, they have three first round picks. Well, one of them's conditional, and five second round picks. Of course, one of them is conditional. And they did all this while offloading their worst contract in um, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, they're going to be garbage next year or this year. But you know how many forwards they have under contract for next year? Like eight, is three it single digits. Oh they have my three forwards under contract for next year because most of them are just cap dumps. I'm just looking at their cap friendly right now. They literally have seven guys under contract for next year. So is their plan to just ice an AHL team next year? They're icing an AHL team this year. They just, (laughs) I mean, they just have a bunch of dudes on bad contracts. Like this team is awful. Like they could give Buffalo a serious run for their money in the tankathon. And that's really no like no joke. They're putting a lot of uh, emphasis on the crapshoot that is the NHL draft. Yeah, but it's a really good draft to do that this year, from what I've heard. Oh, I have no idea. I don't follow prospects closely enough. But enough about Arizona. But enough about the worst team in the division. Maybe the worst team in the league. So. Um, are the are the Chicago Blackhawks any good? Maybe. My my thing is with the Central this year. It's kind of it's somewhat similar to the Metro, with the exception that there's, there's a, a lot clear of teams that I have questions about. There's a clear cut number one team in the division. That's the Avalanche. Everything after that, everything between the Avalanche and the Coyotes, I'm just like, yeah, not sure. Right, like I think the Winnipeg Jets might be the second best team in that division. But I'm scared that they'll be leaning on Connor Hellbuck again for the third year in a row, despite all of the improvements they've made. Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, like, their expected goals numbers for the last two years are just so bad that I'm not sure that they were, you know, I'm not sure that can just be easily fixed by throwing in Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon, you know? Counterpoint. If you have Connor Hellebuck, do your expected goals matter? At some point, it has to. You can't just keep throwing Connor Hellebuck out there and getting shelled for 60 You'd games think a year. so. I... But it, is it working? Yeah, but how, it's not sustainable. Look, I, okay. I, I love Nick Ellers, and I really really want Pierre-Luc Dubois to like work out for the Jets read my mind but I I don't I just I'm not ready to believe fully yet but then you look at the rest of the division it's just like yeah Minnesota's good but I don't know if they have quite the depth yet um St. Louis has been on a downward trend since they made it to the Stanley Cup final or since they won the Stanley Cup final sorry 
and Dallas is just old and the Blackhawks are, you know, they haven't made, they haven't made, well, I guess they have made the playoffs, but there was a COVID year, but they've been so meh since like, since they got swept by Nashville in 2017, that's just like, I don't want to hinge my bet on that, you know? So I, I don't know. Well, I would say the good news for the Jets, at least in my opinion, it does look like Hana is getting an extended look in preseason. So maybe, maybe he's finally earned a roster spot. Yeah, but that would require Paul Maurice playing a young player. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I just, I'm not getting my hopes up for it. I'm afraid he'll be the seventh D man for the. Like, <laughs> God, that just makes me so mad. Third year in a row. They'll probably play Logan Stanley instead, and and Hanla will watch from the press box again. That's just to, what happens. To be clear, I do not have a problem with Logan Stanley. I just, I don't, I just don't see the value in playing him over Bila Hanla. Yeah, Hanla's ceiling is a lot higher, and that's not to mention that I'm afraid that their bottom, I mean, their bottom six is just a mess, and their backup goalie this year it's is Eric just- Comrie. They yeah. might not have a backup goalie this year. And they've already overworked Connor Hellebuck the last two years. But I don't know. Just like some goalies, you can tell like playing them a lot wears on them. I don't see any signs of that from Connor Hellebuck. My, my biggest fear with Connor Hellebuck is that he turns into John Gibson. Mm. And listen, I, I love John Gibson. Uh, Gibby. Uh, honestly. Hashtag I, free Gibby. I just, I just really feel bad for the guy. Like he put together some incredible numbers for, yeah. for the ducks for a few years there, but the last couple of years, like he's not been good. And it's my theory is that they just warm out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's up. possible. I mean, look, um, uh, you know, one of his best years, his two best years were 2016-17, where he put up 24.4 goal save above expected, or his three best years, I should say. He put together nearly like 33 goal save above expected in the next year. Should have won the best that year. And 2019, on a horrible, horrible, bad, no good Ducks team, he put together 26.9 goal save above expected. Not only has he not been like anywhere near that level, like since those years, the last two years he's been into the negatives in terms of goal save above expected. And that's my biggest fear with Connor Hellebuck is that the exact same happen, the exact same thing happens with him. And if that does, the Jets are screwed. So I'm going to change topics here. Okay. So we talked earlier about the runner-up Montreal Canadiens and how they might not be all that this year, but they might be good. We aren't sure. Which leads me to the Dallas Stars, the team that lost to the Lightning the year before. And then last year was kind of... Eh. And we aren't sure what to think of them this year. And it's a similar, similar story. I don't know if you know, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are what the Dallas Stars need them to be, good enough to carry the team uh, when they need them to carry the team. Um, and, and it's just a team with a lot of different, a lot of potential. Uh, but can they get back to where they were? And I am not sure that I've seen all that much recently from them um, that would show me that they are that team. Well, yeah, the problem is that, like, outside of Mira Haskinen, is that a lot of their, like, key contributors are getting up there in age. Um, so it's really difficult for me to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a good rebound candidate, right? Like, yeah, that, that's my thing with Dallas is, I mean, they won't be as, I don't think they'll be as hurt as they were last year. They all have injuries, they had a rough COVID outbreak. But um, I just... That division is wide open, but I'm not sure how many good teams there are. But at the same time, considering how bad the Pacific division is, they might just grab all five spots anyway. 
Anything else about the central? Um, have, have the predators window closed? I think so. It seems to me like they're retooling this year. Like I didn't really understand the Ryan Ellis trade because I didn't think they got a lot back for him, and I, I just didn't understand what that trade did for them. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's over for Nashville. They've still got Matias Ackholm and um, Roman Yossi, but they've also gotten rid of Brian Ellis and Victor Arvidsson. So I think they're retooling this year. Okay, so that's the Central Division. The Avalanche are going to win. The Coyotes are not. A lot of question marks in the middle. Yeah, I have the Wild second, Winnipeg third, and then Dallas and St. Louis in fourth and fifth, both getting playoff spots because God help all of us in the Pacific. How about Avalanche one, St. Louis two, Winnipeg three, Wild four? I guess. I just I just don't have any faith in I don't have a lot of faith in the Blues this year. Okay. Do we really have to talk about the Pacific Division? Well, I'm not going to change it now. So, okay. Do we, do, do we do we really have to talk about the Pacific Division? We do have to talk about the Pacific Division. This is like we do have to. Do, you, like, do you want to start with the newcomers? Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is like the old Southeast Division. Like, there's one good team. Wow. <laughs> like. I don't. This is a mess. There's really no such thing as certainty in the NHL, but like if Vegas doesn't like sweep the floor with this division, I will be shocked. Like to me, it's Vegas one, and then it's like take the Metro, but like worse, or the Central, but worse. Like there's a clear cut number one, and just everything after that, you're just like, ugh, ugh. Right, because like I have Seattle at second, right? I, I think they did a decent job with the expansion draft. Like I didn't like that they got no picks out of it. Like that was bad. But the actual players they picked are not horrible. Um and they got some guys who are I think could really flourish in, in an expanded role compared to where they were at the previous year. Um and I liked some of their moves since then. Uh, I'm not a big fan of giving a big contract with term to Philip Grubauer. Um, but Jane Schwartz should help them kind of fill out that top six, even if uh, and I, I just feel like a lot of these guys that hit UFA, like people pay for their past performance. They just never live up to it. And I think like Jane Schwartz might be like that candidate, but we'll see. All I know really all that much about the Kraken is that the player that they picked from the Flyers, They've already waived. Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, okay. Oh, and return of Dave Haxel. Yay. That was one of the like least inspired Yay. coaching hires I've ever seen. I totally forgot about that. So thanks for reminding me. I, that's what I'm here for is to remind you that Dave Haxel exists. Like, I, think I cannot wait for him to turn an already boring roster into an even more boring team. This is like the, the anti-Vegas. I don't know if I would go that far, but I did like Seattle's pickups of guys like Vince Dunn or... Um, yeah, then a few. You know, Mason Appleton was good for them. Like, obviously, like Yanni Gord was a good one. Yeah. And, you know, I like Jared McCann and, and Jonas Donskoy. I think there there are there's enough of an absence of bad players compared to the rest of the division that I think they'll be okay. But there's also an absence of firepower. Well, yeah, there and definitely not enough firepower to to overcome the blech that is Dave Haxtell. And that's fair enough. The gray, the tofu. That is Dave Haxel hockey. Like, I don't think that there's a breakout candidate in the same vein of like William Carlson on this team, but we didn't say that about William Carlson at the time. So who's to say? That's fair enough. 
maybe Mason Appleton gets hot and scores 40 goals this year. Who knows? Mason Appleton. <laughs> there we go. I did like what I saw from Mason Appleton when he was in Winnipeg. Yeah, he's, he's a decent bottom six guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's on the young side. Like, he was the exact kind of guy I was thinking that Seattle should target. Yeah. The Canucks are an interesting team, I think. I think they, you know, they've got... They could be the second best team in this division, despite the fact that their GM cannot keep the talent around, like cannot manage having talented players on their team and keeping them there. You know what I mean? Like they just run out of cap space, can't pay the right players. Vancouver, their defense is such a mess that I can't, I can't, I can't pick them this year. I just could be the second best team in the division. I would, I'd be more willing to bet on Edmonton than I would be Vancouver. That's saying a lot. Yeah, but I mean, Edmonton has the two best players in the division, like hands down, and it's not even close. Okay. And Fair. I don't like the Zach Hyman signing for them long term, but for right now, it helps that they will actually have somebody not named Mark Donk playing next to McDavid and Dreisaitl. Could you name the Oilers starting goalie? Are they starting Koskinen this year? I don't know. <laughs> then why did you ask? Because I wanted to see if you knew. I was also trying to figure out if they brought um, Mike Smith back for another year. That was that was the big thing for me. I was like, did they did they bring back Mike Smith? Maybe. Um. So yeah, that's going to be. This is such a horrible, horrible division. And it brings me zero joy to be a part of it. Mike Smith is, they did bring him back according to Daily Faceoff. Yeah, there it is. It's either Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen. Yeah, I I had it. You had, yep. Look at me, big winner. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah. Uh, Pool Yul Yarby. I guess could be good. Zach Hyman could be good. Yeah. I mean, like they've got an actual top six this year, which is different than most years, but their bottom six in their defense and their goaltending is still such a nightmare that I'm just, I don't have any faith on them like doing anything more than taking advantage of a crappy division. Yeah. Oh man. Daily face up has Duncan Keith with Cody CC. Yeah. And they gave Cody CC term. You can. Yeah. That was a thing that happened. Okay. The dude got like sheltered minutes in Pittsburgh and like successfully turned that into like a good contract. And I'm just like, how does that happen? <laughs> like good for him, like not good for Edmondson. Like he's being yeah. paid three and a quarter for the next four years. And he's just not that guy. <laughs> uh, it's just... Yeah, Edmonton. How many? Not great. How many teams have better top pairs than Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry? Uh, probably like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so, like anybody who's not like Buffalo. No, it's probably close. I mean, um, the Athletic has them at twenty. I mean, like neither of them are that bad. I was, I was still, I still had Duncan Keith and Cody Cece on my mind. <laughs> um yeah i mean as far as first pairings go it's not that bad but yeah i just yeah. we're in year what six i think of the Connor mcdavid era and this is still what this team looks like mm-hmm. so we're in year six how many times have they made the playoffs uh well what twice that is not enough times. If you have if you have Connor McDavid for half a decade. Sorry, this is year seven. So it's been six years, but this is year seven. If you have Connor McDavid for a little over half a decade, you should be going to the playoffs at least half the time. Right? Yeah. Hey, uh particularly you know, if you've got him on a rookie deal for a large part of that. Do you know um who the only team that the Oilers have beaten in the postseason is? 
Is it the Sharks? Yep. It's kind of funny dating back to 2006. Um, the two of the last three Oilers playoff series wins have been against the Sharks. Yeah. So what is what is your outlook for the San Jose Sharks for this year? <sighs> Who knows? I mean, like there's certain, like there's certainly an upside. Like last year, they their bottom six was just awful, just so bad. They were just like shuffling like either guys who needs more time in the AHL or just guys who just aren't like NHL caliber, you know, like in and out of that bottom six. They were, the defense was a mess. Like Eric Carlson had the, by far like the worst year of his career. It just seemed like nobody on that team was having any sort of fun. So, and then this year they have, you know, they brought in not just like decent bottom six guys in uh, Nick Benino and Andrew Cagliano, but like guys who are, I guess, older and like they're good in the locker room, I guess. So like, that's good. But on the other hand, like they're banking so much on like that defense or, or so, they're banking a lot on this new goaltending tandem of Aiden Hill and James Reimer to work out. And I'm not sure how that's going to go. I think it gets a lot closer to league average, but I don't think it'll be good either. Um, I think a lot of it depends on how Eric Carlson and Brent Burns do. Like, I think a guy like Mark Edward Vlasic is pretty much cooked at this point, but you know, Brent Burns saw some offensive upside and, you know, there's always a hope that Eric Carlson rebounds and William Eklund, first round pick, William Eklund might make the team out of camp, you know, and they're bringing a, a kid over, uh, Jonathan Dolan from Europe who might fit in nicely into that top six, middle six kind of spot. And there's always the hope that, um, as of right now, it doesn't seem like Vander Kane's going to be playing for the Sharks anytime soon. And it doesn't really seem like anybody wants them around anyway. So there's always that kind of like addition by subtraction. So with that, so um, on the other hand, like they could be bad again and then trade Tomas Hurdle at the deadline and rip my heart out. So mm. I am cautiously excited about the Sharks this year. Like I'm just hoping you see I, – I, as much as I would love Willie Macklin to get the full year with the Sharks, I think what's probably going to happen is that he gets his nine-game audition and they go, great, go have fun in Sweden. Um, but we'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see what Dolan does, you know, and maybe a guy like Rudy Balsers takes a step. Um, but I still think they're on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs, even in this division but this division is so bad. Like that's the magic of it, right? Like you can fool yourself into believing that like they can make the playoffs. And I don't think I want them to, I want them. Like, I think the best outcome for the sharks aside from, you know, everybody like catching fire and like they win the Stanley cup, right? Like that's obviously like everybody's most optimal outcome. But aside from that, I think it's, you know, they, some of the young guys show that they can hang in the NHL and, they kind of struggle too, and they finish somewhere like, you know, like somewhere between like eighth and 10th when it comes to the lottery standings. And then they bullshit their way to a lottery win. You know, like that's that, to me, like that's the best outcome for the, for the Sharks this year. Have you already started looking at draft prospects for the Sharks? I mean, we're tanking for Shane Wright this year, you know? So. And if not, we're going to tank for next year too. Like it's just back to back drafts with, superstars at at one so <laughs> last year was a rough year to to have their highest pick since god knows when but that's how it works out sometimes all right uh so my my teams are vegas seattle and edmonton going to the playoffs in that order I don't think I don't think the fourth spot in the Pacific claims it. If the fourth team does, I will be shocked. I'm still going to pick four teams just for 
an exercise here. I'm going to go Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. No Seattle? No. I think you're underrating Seattle. I'm well too familiar with Dave Haxtell to pick Seattle. That's fair. I I totally get it, but I want to believe, okay? Let me experience this, like, first time. <laughs> oh, you will experience. <laughs> I, you will experience Dave Haxtell. All right. Um, His never-changing expressions. He has one stoic look. Do you have a preseason uh, Stanley Cup final prediction? Oh, goodness. Please just give us lightning avalanche. I just let us have lightning avalanche. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get it last year. Seven games. Lightning said, Colorado. The only th- do it. The only thing that would get me is that like repeating or even just making a third trip to the finals. It's just so difficult. I just don't think anybody can do it in today's NHL. But that's if anyone probably were, fair. If anyone were to do it, it would be the Lightning. I still think the Lightning are just broken. Good. Let's get weird. Like, let's go with, like, Colorado, Florida. Like, let's just get Ooh. really weird. Like, I, I want to see Joe Thorne get one more shot at it. I am super biased on it. But, like, let's just get weird. You want to get weird? Florida and Winnipeg. I was gonna say weird would be like Seattle and like New Jersey. <laughs> oh, nobody wants nobody wants that. Fine. What about like Seattle, Carolina? <laughs> that would be so fun if Seattle won a cup before the, the Golden Knights did. Yeah, that would. Do... There's just something, honestly, it'd be really funny to me if, like, the Knights just turn into, like, the Sharks and they just make the playoffs every year and just never do anything. Yeah. That's why they hired Pete DeBoer. God. (laughs) (laughs) Those two are just a match made in heaven, man. Just... I just... I didn't even think about that when you made that comparison. I, I, I thought about it before, probably. It's just, like, I just... I can't believe that like Vegas was like, Hey, we need somebody to like push us over the edge. Right. Let's bring in Pete DeBoer. And I'm just like, Oh my God. So. Alrighty. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Um, well, if you made it this far, thank you. Oh, one final word. Um, I think it's really a really nice and refreshing thing for um, hockey players to speak out about mental health and and their mental health in particular. Um, so with that, I, I throw my full support behind Carey Price, um, getting you know the care that he needs, however he needs it. Um, take your time, bud. Yeah, for sure. It's always really good. And to be honest, that's something we should be, you know, like more open about. But yeah, um, on that note. Um, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, we have talked a lot about a lot of different things, but Hey, if you made it this far, I, I guess that means you found us interesting. So, um, in that case, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, grip 60 pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at bferrell 727 or Connor on Twitter at TC underscore nine zero four. So anyway, y'all thank you for listening and have a good one.